0: The Rangers added two big pitchers at the trade deadline. But what does the starting rotation look like in the playoffs? We're breaking down all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a criminally addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Friday, August 4th. Your Rangers are 63-46 and 46 alone atop the AL West with a one-and-a-half game lead over those stinking. Houston Astros. By the way, the magic number for the AL West is 50 at this point. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is all about making sure each player is a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now the Rangers took care of business sweeping the White Sox, and the most important development that I didn't talk about really at all on yesterday's show with Sully... Was that Corey Seager is back in this lineup? The Rangers need him so incredibly desperately. I mean, the the bottom third of this order felt like almost half this lineup had been going through some really prolonged slumps, including Josh Young, uh, Ezekiel Duran, Leo Tavares. Uh, we even saw a little bit of a skid from Travis Tinkowski as well. Thankfully, we got back-to-back multi-hit games from Josh Young, including. A home run, a multi-extra base hit day for him in the 11-1 drubbing of the White Sox in the middle game of the series where the Rangers just absolutely battered and bruised Dylan Cease. I remember looking at that starting pitching matchup and thinking, oh boy, well I kind of wish that Dylan Cease was traded. Well I guess Dylan Cease kind of wishes that he was traded too because it was just not his best outing. 11-run outing for the Rangers, including a home run from Corey Ziger his very first game back. Like, of, Because of course because of course he hits a home run in his first game back. Why wouldn't he a multi-hit day, three RBI for him, two runs scored, he got pulled late because the Rangers were up by 10 runs and they didn't need him? They just did not need him to keep going in that game. And same with Nathaniel Lowe, who had a multi-hit game in that game as well. Reached base three times for him. Josh Young's 21st home run of the season. Marcus Simeon had his 16th home run of the season. Actually, Seager's 16th home run of the season. And then Marcus Simeon took the lead back from uh, Corey Seager for the most home runs in the middle infield among Rangers. With a... Dink off the foul pole in that five to three win over the White Sox. I was talking with one former locked on White Sox host after the first inning about how, oh my gosh, this is this is terrible. Oh my gosh, this White Sox, where was this offense yesterday? Where was yesterday's offense in here? Cause Dane Dunning absolutely diced up that White Sox offense in the middle game of this series and a certain ex-locked-on uh, White Sox host said, oh, don't worry, the, those three runs against Max Scherzer in the first inning, that's that's probably all they're going to score for the rest of this game. They've done this a bunch and just you know, get look good in the first inning and then look completely overmatched for the rest of the game. And, well, that's exactly what happened. Max Scherzer goes out and shuts it down for the final five innings of his start. Nine Ks, six innings, three runs. I talked a little bit on yesterday's show about the very rough debuts for so many very good Rangers pitchers, including Cliff Lee, including Cohen, Including Nolan Ryan, Gaylord Perry, Yu Darvish, and even Jacob Degrom, this is, there has not been a very good debut for any big-name pitcher coming to the Rangers for the first time after already being a big-name pitcher. It just, it just hasn't happened. But Max Scherzer's six innings, quality start, nine strikeouts—that, that, that works. That's honestly the best among that whole group. Um, but, but still. I think the pitching story from that night is almost more so that the Rangers had a lockdown bullpen. I mean, 6th inning, Josh Boris. 7th inning, Matt, Chat- or Matt Chapman. No, Aroldis Chapman. That would have been interesting if, if there was a, a trade and Matt Chapman just started being a reliever. Um, but no, Aroldis Chapman in the 8th inning. Will Smith in the ninth inning. I said something about Aroldis Chapman's velocity being down. Apparently, he was pitching through something. Um, some kind of, I believe, illness that Bochi said after that game. I missed that comment. But um, his velocity was completely back. And he had a strikeout and no walks in his one inning of work. Will Smith closed the door. His 19th save of the season. Rangers sweep the White Sox the hapless White Sox and two teams headed in very different directions that's that's what you need to do you need to take care of business you absolutely need to you know beat down those teams that are beaten down beat them down even further and they have a marlins team that just lost a series to the phillies a team that they are chasing in the nl wildcard race they have a good team and unfortunately sandy Contra is back on his cy young form finding that at the wrong time for the rangers to go and, and face off against him i think he'll pitch at some point in this series maybe the, I think it's the the, the series finale on Sunday is when they'll see Sandy Alcantara. But this offense is for the Rangers is also clicking. I mean, the top third of the lineup is all incredibly red hot, I and mean, we know Corey Seager is just literally comes out of the gate on fire. He is just always hot no matter what he's doing. Marcus Simeon after the all-star break, he's got a slash line of 324, 397, 588, six home runs in 18 games. He is really finding that home run stroke. Nathaniel Lowe is not finding the home run stroke, but he is finding his on-base stroke and his batting average stroke and 18 games after the All-Star break for Nathaniel Lowe. He's hitting 377 with an on-base of 500 and slugging 607 in 18 games, like I said. That is a 1,107 OPS for Nathaniel Lowe. And you add Corey Seager, who's got an OPS over 1,000 on the season, and those top three, whew, that top three is doing some damage, then you have, obviously, Adoles Garcia. No matter what the rest of the bottom of the lineup is doing, the bottom half of the lineup, if you've got those three all going at the same time, you're going to score a decent amount of runs. You're not going to get shut out very often um, down the stretch, no matter who you're facing, even if you are facing off against Sandy Alcantara and a, what's going to be a very good uh, Marlins pitching staff. But you kind of like to have some contributions from the bottom third or the middle third of your order. And with Jonah Heim on the shelf, the Rangers needed somebody to step up. And, and so far, that somebody is Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver, as a catcher, is an offensive juggernaut. Mitch Garver, as a DH, has not been so much this year or even throughout his career. He has had some pretty... Pretty big splits um, in terms of how good he hits as a catcher. This year, in 17 games as a catcher, he has got a slash line of 327, 393, 727. Six of his seven home runs have been as a catcher. And as a DH, he's played 21 games, so four more as a DH. 84 played appearances versus 61 as a catcher. And his slash line is 219, 321, Two eighty-eight, a six oh nine OPS. That is a five hundred and twelve point split between his OPS as a catcher and as a DH. And I, I know, I know that's a small sample size, but for his career, those numbers pretty much hold up he's got an 857 career ops as a catcher in 1000 plate appearances in the big leagues and as a dh in 298 plate appearances as as the dh um a 675 ops so the splits are pretty jarring i know the defensive drop off from him to um say austin hedges or even jonah heim is pretty big but the bat that he brings when he catches it might just be the difference in this team. Hopefully he can figure out how to hit as a DH as well and just get hot and be hot as a DH as well. But we will see if those splits hold up and if the Rangers need to start catching him a little bit more. Coming up, we're going to look at this rotation, what it looks like now that Martin Perez is bumped out of it and what it will look like in the playoffs. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. If you're thinking that Jordan Montgomery is going to have a great start tonight against the Marlins, then you can go ahead and pick him. If you think Marcus Simi is going to keep up that home run streak and hit even more home runs tonight, you could pick him for your Sleeper pick. But there are dynamic payouts now with Sleeper. What are dynamic payouts? Well, in short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it as opposed to a preset multiplier based on the number of legs at a contest. With dynamic payouts also comes more stat categories to place in or to place contests on. So you can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks. So use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms used for details. Currently oper- operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day on Monday's show. We're breaking down this massive weekend series against the Fish. The Rangers take on the Marlins this weekend. You can catch every pitch of the Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers have a new starting rotation. They brought in two starting pitchers. They lost Nathan Evaldi for a little bit. Maybe he'll be back sometime in about a week, maybe a little bit more, that 11 days, so next Friday is, or August 11th, I should say, is is when he is scheduled to get off the IL. I don't know if Nathaniel, Nathan, Nathaniel, there are too many Nates, Nathan Nathaniels, to just keep getting confused in my head, but Nate Evaldi is hopefully coming back next Friday, but maybe he's not, maybe he'll need a little bit more time, but for right now, the Rangers have five guys in their starting rotation. They have decided not to run out the sixth man with Martin Perez in the bullpen at this point but i kind of had to look at this this rotation and think who is going to start playoff games it feels like an obvious four but it's maybe not that obvious and then once once nate Ivaldi comes back who's getting bumped out of starting rotation the rangers two most obvious candidates outside of well martin Perez, who's now in the bullpen just had the best starts of their rangers career and dane dunning who struck out a career high 11 nearly went eight innings was just dominant against the White Sox, and Andrew Heaney, who went six innings, and I believe he had 11 strikeouts against the White Sox as well. um, He was just absolutely on another level. He had two hits, no walks, 11 strikeouts in six innings of work. But I kind of had to break this down into game by game by game. There is the stat quality start, and I thought, you know, there should be a stat for an elite start, or an okay start, or a bad start, and a blow up start. I think there are five starts there are five types of starts that a starting pitcher can have and i group them into those five categories elite in my opinion is a start going seven or more innings two or fewer runs then there's the quality start which is just a stat that somebody decided if you go six or more innings and three or fewer runs that counts as a quality start obviously anything the elite category also technically counts as a quality start but we're we're just we're we're not doing that. Um, We're defining it as elite because it's a different thing. Um, Acceptable start, in my opinion, for this team, for this Rangers down the stretch run, uh, acceptable is around five innings, three runs. It can be, uh, uh, I guess like two more innings than uh, runs earned runs allowed. That is five or more. That is the acceptable range. The Rangers have a deep enough bullpen where if you need to give them four innings every once in a while, um, then that's fine. And if you're doing, If you're doing what's acceptable then the rangers are going to win most of the games that that starting pitcher starts a bad start is fewer than five innings um more than two runs it's kind of subjective but like you kept the team in the game but you didn't quite do enough to really give them a a great chance to win they're not out of it but they're definitely not in it because of you and then a blow up start is anything fewer than four innings more than three runs it's just kind of Obvious. Basically, it's a type of game where your team's gonna lose unless they do something miraculous, which probably won't happen. And those those type of starts, that the Rangers, they can't afford any blow up starts at all. And I don't think they'll let any other starters at this point with Martin Perez in the bullpen, I don't think they're going to let anybody get to the blow-up range. If it's starting to get bad quickly, then the Rangers are going to have a pretty quick hook. So I kind of broke these down with all the starters and who had the most of each category. It might surprise you. Dane Dunning, he's had 16 starts. Four of them have been elite. Those came against the Yankees, against Detroit, against Tampa Bay, and this most recent one against the White Sox. He's had four quality starts, five acceptable starts, two bad ones, and one blow-up. That is pretty good. About half of his starts have been quality starts. That's really good. That is how you have a 3.2-ish ERA that, uh, excuse me, 3.14 ERA that Dane Dunning has on the season. And you want to limit the bad starts as much as you can. Only three of them in the bad or blow-up range that's solid. Less than a quarter of his starts have been bad or blow up. Even the bad ones, the Rangers had chances to win in those. And just one blow up start in 16 is a really, really good thing from the guy who was not even in your rotation to start this season. Love what I've seen from Dane Dying this season. I might just trust him to start a playoff game over one of these other guys, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Andrew Heaney, he's got 21 starts under his belt. Only one elite start that came against Baltimore. That was a Jim. That was an absolute gym in a crucial series, and he dominated that Baltimore lineup. But he's had six quality starts. Again, because he's not going very deep into games, it's hard for him to get to six innings pitched. Um, So that is one of the downfalls of Andrew Heaney, and what I think might end up coming back to bite him. He's had seven acceptable starts, so that's 14 of his 21 starts have been acceptable or better. That is two-thirds. He's had two bad starts and three blow-up starts. Three blow-up starts is the most among any ranger in this rotation or that has been in this rotation. For Bartim Perez, he had four elite starts that came against Colorado, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and the White Sox. Four quality starts, seven acceptable. So... Again, a pretty good rate of being acceptable to great. I mean, there's just the two bad starts and three blow-up starts because when Martin Perez gets blown up, he gets blown up real bad. I mean, one of those bad starts, you might you might throw that in the blow-up category. It's just kind of depends on the game even one of his blow-up starts the rangers actually i think might have been two of his blow-up starts the rangers ended up winning those games i think one was against seattle and one was that game against the angels for the rangers scored like a million runs the rangers have bailed him out a couple of times um but still i think i think it was the right decision to put him in the pen over andrew heaney I think that he might do a better job as a long reliever. He's got some experience as it as a long reliever in Boston, um, so I, I don't think that this is necessarily the wrong move. I love Martin Perez. I think he's a huge part of this team's vibes. I am surprised that he fell off this much. You knew there was going to be some regression from last year to this year, but it seems like contact pitchers – around the league outside of Dane Dunning, who I guess is a strikeout pitcher because he had 11 Ks against the White Sox in his most recent start. But it seems like a lot of ground ball pitch to contact pitchers just really fell off a cliff this year with the shift ban and teams having to learn how to use their infielders more carefully. Strikeouts have been, been more important. And I think that's a big reason as to why the Cardinals are losing a lot of games this year because most of their starters are pitch to contact guys and uh, if you have an entire rotation built out of that it's going to be real tough then you have nathan uh, nathan evaldi he's had five elite starts that came against the yankees um the angels oakland pittsburgh houston five quality starts six acceptable two bad ones and zero blow up that's what you want from your ace a guy who never gets blown up who Pitches you into games. Even when he's having bad starts, the Rangers still have a chance to win. I mean, one of those bad starts was like five innings and four runs against Boston, against a very good lineup in Boston. That is, and the Rangers just could not pull that one out. I think the bullpen, that was the game that the bullpen blew pretty badly late in that game that kind of kept the Rangers out of it. But that's what you want from your ace, a guy who can get you those elite starts, who has that high-end ceiling of, like, on his best day, he can go out there and dominate literally any lineup. We've seen him have the complete game shutout. We've seen him have the complete game, the nearly second complete game shutout, where he just absolutely annihilated the hapless ace. That's what you want from your ace. Coming up, when we look at the other guys in their rotation and how they stack up, where they're going to slot, in this playoff rotation, because the Rangers are almost definitely going to the playoffs, knock on wood. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day rangers take on the white Sox this or not the white Sox. they take on the marlins this weekend you can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on sirius xm just download the sxm app and search rangers now let's look at the rest of this rotation because it might surprise you how many of these guys have the highest end ceiling john gray in 19 starts he's had five elite ones three quality five acceptable three bad Two blow-up and two incomplete. That's why his numbers aren't quite as great on the season. More than a quarter of his starts have been elite. He has been at least acceptable in... Thirteen of his nineteen starts—that's great—and two of the other ones he was cruising for for really great ones. He had four in the third innings against Tampa Bay before he had to get pulled because he took that 112-mile-an-hour liner off the shin. Then he had that 114-mile-an-hour liner off the arm against Houston. That was his other incomplete. He's only had really one blow-up start, a couple of bad ones that he pitched through, um, but still. We've seen John Gray on his day be just as good as anybody, including that complete game, one run, one nothing loss against the Cardinals. That might have been the most maddening loss of the season at this point when John Gray was just on another level and the Rangers offense couldn't do literally anything. They trotted out probably the worst offense they could. At, with the given pieces on the roster at that point. But still, John Gray, I think he might be my number two in the rotation. Obviously, when Nathan Ivaldi is healthy, and if he is healthy and at his peak, he is going to start game one for whatever playoff series the Rangers have. I think I might go with John Gray in game two. Max Scherzer had five elite starts this season. One of them came against Houston, one of them against Philadelphia, uh, one against the Nationals, one against Colorado, and I believe there is one more that I'm forgetting. Um, but half his starts have been quality starts. Three have been acceptable. So 13 out of the 20 starts have been good. He's had one sticky stuff incomplete complete starts. He's had a couple of blow-up starts, which is not something you can usually say for Max Scherzer. That's really um, not not him. That is not what he does. But at uh, Jordan Montgomery, in his 21 starts, he's only had two elite ones, but nine quality starts. I mean, the guy is just business. He will get you that quality start six innings, three or fewer runs, keep you in the ballgame. And if the Rangers uh, starting pitcher allows three runs, they score their average of five, and then you toss it to the bullpen of Josh Boers, then Aurelis Chapman, then Will Smith, that's nails. That's a win most every time out because this team is very, very well built for the playoffs. I still don't know why Fangraphs only has them as an 82% chance to make the playoffs. I mean, it's just... It's beyond me. It's beyond me why the why a lot of oddsmakers don't think this Ranger team can go super deep into the playoffs, but I, I think they really can. And the thing about Jordan Montgomery, he's had five bad starts. But he's had zero blow-up starts, not a single one. That is what you're looking for for Jordan Montgomery. He's going to go out there every time. He's going to keep you in the game, and he is not going to have any starts where you are just completely out of it. That's what you want. That's why I think there's a lot of value in the Rangers trading for him, and that's why I think the Rangers should think about re-signing him once it comes, or I guess just signing him because they never signed him in the first place. Um, They should think about signing him when it comes to the offseason. But in terms of how the playoff rotation stacks up, I think at this point I'm going Nathan Eovaldi, Game 1, John Gray, Game 2. Max Scherzer, Game 3, and Jordan Montgomery in Game 4. And if the Rangers want to roll out a six-man rotation when Nathan Ivaldi comes back down the stretch, I think that's fine. I think that's good. Make sure all of these guys are healthy. Max Scherzer is a little older, and we've talked to death about the injury concerns with Andrew Heaney, Nathan Ivaldi, and John Gray in their careers. Montgomery is about as solid as it comes, so I'm not really worried about him wearing down at the end of the season. But I think that if you're going to bump somebody out of the rotation between Dane Dunning and Andrew Heaney, I think I would bump Heaney because he's not going to get you nearly as much as much length. And Dane Dunning is just freaking on one this year. So ride the hot hand. Ride the hot hand while it's still hot. If he has some blow-up starts, or if he regresses really badly, you've got some options in Heaney or Martin Perez. I think it'd be really weird seeing two of those guys, two of those starters in the pen, but Heaney is a professional. I think he's done it before. Martin Perez is professional. He's still bringing those good vibes, no matter if he's starting or in the bullpen. And really, again, I love what Martin Perez is bringing. It's a bummer that he regressed so much this year, and the Rangers had to go make these trades for these starting pitchers. But you knew something was going to happen to the rotation, and outside of Jacob deGrom's injury, for the most part, they've had some pretty good luck. So Martin Perez progressing very, very heavily is just what was going to happen so it is friday which means farm friday which means it is time for a minor league update and hickory crawdads they are where it's at there's not been a whole lot of action there since kumar rocker went down with injury there's not been a whole lot of things um, that you're really keeping up with there but it's it's happened it's happening in hickory right now wyatt langford is in hickory playing full season ball and more importantly Cam Colley has been absolutely crushing it. If you didn't listen to my interview with Cam Colley, I did an interview about a week ago with him. It went up on Saturday, so go check that out. A little 10-minute interview in your audio or YouTube feeds. But he has been absolutely crushing it. He is my minor league player of the week. The last seven days, he has played five games, 20 plate appearances, four doubles, an RBI, four stolen bases, three walks to seven strikeouts, hitting 353 450 on base and slugging 588 that is an ops north of a thousand for a week a very good week for him he's already got three home runs in hickory this year he only had seven in 66 games for down east and he's only played 14 games for hickory so he's got a slash line of 308 339 577 the dude is just raking in hickory that is 56 plate appearances so not the smallest sample sizes not the biggest but still a sizable one he is crushing it a a smaller kid who's got three home runs and five doubles in that span he is listed at 510 170 i think you can add a little bit of weight but he was rangers third round pick in 2021 out of Barber's Hill High School in Mont Bellevue, Texas, just outside of Houston, but he grew up a Rangers fan, so you can't help but root for the kid. I'm rooting for him. What a heck of a week for him, and what a heck of a week for, of course, the Rangers' first-round pick White Langford, who has been absolutely crushing organized baseball since he started there about a week ago. He played three games in the Arizona Complex League, and of course, he hit his first professional home run and had three doubles, so four extra. Base hits in three games and then uh two triples already in two games in Hickory. So his fi- in five games of professional baseball, Wyatt Langford is slashing 364, 417, 818, a 1235 OPS. It's it's casual. It's totally casual. He's been playing almost exclusive actually exclusively left field and DH. hasn't played in center field yet, but seeing him hit two triples in two games. I didn't realize he had that kind of jets. I kind of knew. There's some potential for center field for him down the line, and I think that's great. And I was like, kind of, kind of thinking, well, the Rangers really have to work on that defense. I don't know if he really has all that speed. He's, I mean, he's built like Mike Trout. He's not going to be Mike Trout. Let's let's not get that let's not get that twisted by by mike when mike trout was his age he was already the best player in the big leagues so let's not put that kind of expectation on him. but the raw power is insane the swing decisions at florida were fantastic i mean he's already got a really good on base and really good average and stinging the absolute crap out of baseballs i'd love to see him in center field but i mean the rangers have a couple of guys ahead of him in the pecking order in terms of leo Tavares, who's already doing it at the big league level and evan carter who could be doing it at the big league level at some point this season, or almost definitely next season, I'm pretty sure, unless something goes really wrong. But still, White Langford has been crushing it in organized baseball. That's what you love to see. And another guy who could be in some top 10 prospects in all baseball lists, which I think White Langford will be come next season, um, which I think he was just outside of the top 10 or, or maybe already in the top 10 for baseball prospects, is mid mid-season top 50 because um, they really really love White Langford but Sebastian Walcott continues to crush it this season he has got six home runs in 34 games and a 861 OPS but a prospect who I haven't talked about at all and I, I should have been talking about he jumped into the top 30 at mid-season from MLB Pipeline's top 30 Rangers prospects that is a, a charity? Vargas. I am definitely mispronouncing that, but he is a shortstop slash second baseman slash third baseman who is eighteen years old out of Azua in the Dominican Republic. The Rangers signed him in 2022, I believe it was, and that was his first professional season. He played in on the blue team for the Dominican Summer League, had an 878 OPS in 223 plate appearances, pretty solid, five triples, four homers, 19 doubles, 13 walks to 27 strikeouts, and 13 stolen bases. This year, he's taken those power numbers to another level. He's got seven home runs, 13 doubles in 175 plate appearances, got a slash line of 308, 377, 529, a 903. OPS. He also won the Player of the Month award for the Arizona Complex League in July because he was on another level in 21 games in that month. He had four home runs, nine doubles, hit 405 for the on-base of 473, and slugged 671 and 1143 OPS for him. Really, really solid month for him. I think maybe next year I'm going to have to put him in my top 30 because the guy continues to crush it. The Rangers are crushing it in the minor leagues at the major league level. Their rotation is as strong as ever, and the Rangers head into this weekend series against the Fish in a really good position. But the Rangers need to take advantage of this month of August. They really, really do. They've got nine games against teams that are not competing. They've won three of them. I would like them to win eight of the nine games. I know that's a steep ask, but, you know, the next three are against the A's. That's hopefully a sweep. And then the final three are against the Mets. And I really want to sweep the Mets. Mets fans have been doing a lot of trash talking for a team that literally just got swept by this year's Royals this year's royals that are if the a's weren't so horrendously horrible then the royals would be by far the worst team in baseball but that comes at the end of the month after the end at the end of a long road trip that starts against the d backs and the twins but the astros right now they are playing some tough competition in this month they've got a series in the bronx and they got a series at the Orioles. Then they've got some games against the Red Sox at the Marlins, against the Angels and the Mariners, and then at the Red Sox to end the month. So the Rangers need to take advantage in this month because once it gets to September, the Rangers have a much harder schedule than the Astros. The Astros have nine games combined against the Royals and A's at the end of, um, or in the month of September, where the Rangers have basically all of their games are against teams that will be competing outside of three against, um, well, we'll see what the Guardians are doing that month. We'll see how the Blue Jays stack up in the middle of that month, but the Rangers will be going three games against the A's and then three games against the Guardians. Those are the only games that I think for sure will not be against contenders, but outside of that, the Rangers will have that series at the beginning of September against Houston. They'll have games against the Twins, against the Red Sox, and then the final 10 games will be against the Mariners and Angels with the last 7 coming on the road. Got to see that nice little mid-off <laughs> against of those two teams last night and I guess also this weekend series. Not really worried about either of those teams. Hopefully both of them will be out of it by the time the Rangers um are get to them in the final 10 games of the season, but still Take advantage while you've got your easy games. Take advantage of the series against the fish. And I'm really excited to see Jordan Montgomery's first start as a Texas Ranger. Hopefully, he extends the winning streak to four straight games. And who knows, maybe the Rangers can end up taking three, all three against the Fishes, heading into Oakland on a W6. That would be awesome. And hopefully, would build even more room to breathe in the al west because the azurs are still breathing down their neck but right now this is a first place team so enjoy the holy heck out of it that's going to do it for today's show thank you all so much for listening and subscribing the best week in locked on rangers history it's only going to get better from here as we move on to the playoff chase thank you all so much for listening and subscribing and until next time don't forget to enjoy first place texas rangers baseball